This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. We have a bit of a pandemic on our hands. I don't know if you've heard. And now we have an absolute economic disaster. You've heard that too. You've heard me talk about it extensively on this show. I warned about it in the beginning. So it's one thing to have your nation face hardship. We've faced hardship before. I've got news for you. We're going to face hardship again. That's the nature of life. You face it in your personal life. I face it in my personal life. However, it's one thing to face hardship. It's another thing to view every hardship as an opportunity. That is when it starts to get disgusting. And I understand that's partially just the nature of politics. The nature of politics is, this sucks, your life sucks, elect me, I'll make it better. Oh, you don't like that? You're right, that sucks. Your life sucks, elect me, I'll make it better. That's, that's really every political platform ever, right? for the most part, right? So there's always part of that built in. But when you just nakedly can look at 100,000 people dead from a pandemic, almost 100,000, when you look at 40, 50, 60 million jobs lost, 
when you look at 100,000 businesses closed, absurd national debt. I mean, we are in a major, major crisis here. And you look at that and say to yourself, nice, this is going to work out well for me. Doesn't that give you a moment of pause? Doesn't that give you a moment where you look in the mirror and think to yourself, man, I'm, I'm not a great person. Here's Joe Biden. From this pandemic, you can remake the world as it should be. To see COVID-19 as a force majeure that compels us to rewrite the social contract that's been scrambled by nature's fury and human failures. You can set the terms for an economy, healthcare system, education system, immigration system, and a justice system that uplifts more people of every race, gender, and generation. You can build a truly representative democracy with more facts than lies, less money and more people in the voting process. You can win the race against climate change by writing the laws and structures that, the deals, that the rally the rest of the world to build a safer, more resilient and sustainable future. Does that not creep you out? How can you stand up and say that? It's one thing is that you're, look, you're Democrats, you're insane. I get that. It's everything's about climate change and gender and race and all, all, but black people here, but we have gay people here and these people, it's just a really weird way to divide up society and look at life. That's part of being a Democrat. I get all that. I'm not asking them to change who they are, but to think this pandemic is an opportunity of any kind to remake society. What? Wait, what? And, and that, that thing I just played for you there is hardly going to be played anywhere. Everyone's focusing on some idiotic racist thing Joe Biden said. That's the bigger deal. The bigger deal is, oh, and he's not alone. I don't mean to just pick on, pick on Joe Biden. I looked at idiot Clyburn from California came out and said it at the very beginning of the pandemic. He came out and he's like, ah, well, I mean, this is going to work out well. But they're just, they come right out and say it. And, and it doesn't seem to creep anyone but me out. Uh, that's creepy. I, I, that is the equivalent to driving down the highway and seeing a big pileup on the left side of the road and thinking, oh, nice, that's a few people less in traffic. What? That, do something different with yourself. Look in the mirror and do something different. Everything out there is not an opportunity. Everything out there can't be an opportunity or you end up, if you do that for long enough, you end up with just an absolute, soulless, meaningless existence. And, and now we're, they're jumping off of this whole thing to try to campaign on it. And I understand it's going to be a campaign prop. Here's, here's Biden again. Imagine we have that, if we had that $2 trillion now as we go into God willing recovery, which is a long way away as I see it right now. The president's response to all this has cost lives and it's cost jobs. And the way to fix the economy is get public health response correct and in a structure economy. What we're doing now is upside down. The bigger you are, the faster you get the money. The smaller you are, you don't get the money. And taxes are to build back a better economy, boost it, create a middle class and create jobs, paycheck protection program, health care, confidence to come back. Hey, look, I, I just think we, he's got this all backwards, but he doesn't seem to care much about it. I don't even understand what he just said. And now the newest controversy is this. Well, it's not a controversy. Let, let's keep this in mind. Democrats are enjoying this. I mean, there's a reason we're calling this thing the Democrats' delight. It's really clear by now, right, that they're enjoying this. It's everything they've ever wanted. We've got everyone on unemployment and the churches are closed. It's, it's, it's basically heaven for a Democrat. And Trump shows up in Michigan. He goes to Ford. He doesn't wear a mask because he's the president of the United States of America and it looks terrible if the man wears a mask and the media freaks out about it and Michigan's, <laughs> Michigan's attorney general had this to say. Um, but honestly, if he fails to wear a mask, he's gonna be asked not to return to any enclosed facilities inside our state. And uh, I know that Ford has asked him to do the same thing, but if, he, if we know that he's coming to our state and we know he's not gonna follow the law, I think we're going to have to take action against any company or any facility that allows him inside those facilities and puts our workers at risk. We just simply can't afford it here in our state. We're going to have to 
take action against anyone who allows him in? I hate to circle back to the same thing I just said about Biden, but do these people hear themselves now? Do you hear how these people talk? Who do you think you are? In what nation do you think you reside? And you could just blatantly threaten people with, with, your, with your government sword. We're coming for you unless you do what we say. Who do you people think you are? Oh, when Trump, he actually wore the mask when he was off camera. Now we know that. When he was in other parts of the plant, he actually wore the stinking mask. There's the president with the mask. I wish he'd never put it on at all. But when he was off camera, he put on the mask. He did what he was told. It's fine. It's all fine. But, you know, we get the same Democrat lines over and over and over again. We have people in the state of Michigan. God bless them. I'll tell you what, even though their football team sucks. We have people in the state of Michigan, they're being wiped out, absolutely wiped out. They're screaming for help. They were one of the first states that were protesting against these lockdowns. The governor gets on TV and decides, the old Democrat line, you're all racist. These protests, um, you know, in a, in a perverse way, make it likelier that we're gonna have to stay in a stay home posture. The whole point of them, supposedly, is that they don't want to be doing that. And that's why I'm asking that everyone with a platform call on people to do the right thing. You know, they, these have been um, these have been really political rallies where people come with Confederate flags and Nazi symbolism and and calling for violence. This is not uh, appropriate in a global pandemic, but it's certainly not an exercise of, of democratic principles where we have free speech. This is calls to violence. This is uh, racist and misogynistic. Oh, I forgot misogynistic. Of course, that has to get thrown in there, too. Jeez. Oh. Eric Trump at least seems to have this figured out because let's be honest, like I've told you, I mean, where are these worst, where are the worst lockdowns right now besides, you know, California? It's in the Rust Belt. It's Michigan. It's Pennsylvania. It's all the places Trump needs to win. Democrats have made a play. They've decided we are going to tank our own economy on purpose to try to win in November. Is it sick? You bet it is. But is it happening? Of course it's happening. Even Eric Trump can see it. Listen, Biden loves this. Biden can't go out on stage without making some horrible blunder. I mean, even from his basement, he's making awful gaffes every single day. So his campaign's thrilled that he's not going out there. And they think they're taking away Donald Trump's greatest tool, which is being able to go into an arena and fill it with 50,000 people every single time, right? So they, they will, and you watch, they'll milk it every single day between now and November 3rd. And guess what, after November 3rd, coronavirus will magically all of a sudden go away and disappear and everybody will be able to reopen. They're trying to deprive him of, of, of his, his greatest asset, um, which is the fact that the American people love him, the fact that he's relatable, the fact that he can go out there and draw massive crowds Joe Biden can't get 10 people in a room. My father's getting 50,000 in a room, and they want to do everything they can to stop it. So make no mistake, to a lot of them, Janine, to a lot of them, this is, this is a very cognizant strategy that they're trying to employ. It's no different than, again, the nonsense that they're trying to throw in the HOPE Act. It's no different than the mail-in voting that they want to do all these places. It's no different than wanting illegal immigrants to vote in our country. It is a cognizant strategy um, and it's, uh, it's sad. And again, it's not going to be allowed to happen. We're going to win November. Let's hope they do. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, what if all weekend long you were getting eight, nine hours of sleep? Do you think maybe that would improve your work performance on Monday? Let me give you a hint. It would. It would improve everything in your life. You don't have to sit and just hope for it anymore. You don't have to reach for that bottle of sleeping pills, which ain't really helping. It's just masking the problem. Go get an ebb sleep. The reviews for this thing are off the charts. You put it on and it provides continuous cooling to your forehead, targeting the actual reason you can't sleep. And you know what that is. It's your thoughts. You lay down and you can't turn your mind off. This helps you turn your mind off and calm down and go to sleep. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse at checkout. Get yourself 25 bucks off. 
Joining me now, Congressman Mike Kelly, a man with a great name from the great state of Pennsylvania. Congressman, before we get into how great your name is and all the rest of that stuff, what's this about you having having had coronavirus? You donated plasma. Did you actually get it? Yes. Yes, I did, Jess. Um, right you know, in it, and you know, oddly enough, right in that St. Patrick's, I call it St. Patrick's Week, not St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so I started to, to have some real heavy flu symptoms. Uh, my wife, though, said, you know what? I, I think you're more sick than you think. And I said, well, I'm not. I'm fine. I just got to work through it. I'll be all right. Uh, yeah. But you know what? I started to experience. Uh, I was very, very cold. I couldn't get my body temperature up. I had no appetite. Uh, had muscle spasms across my back, my neck. Uh, but, but more than anything else, I, I was tired. I was really, really tired. And when I would sleep, I would sleep, you know, 16 to 18 hours a day and still be tired. So I did have it uh, fully recovered. And uh, a friend of mine that I went to high school with, who's a doctor and lives out in the Philadelphia in the eastern part of the state, said to me, hey, do you know what? When you're better, look into a program that may be uh, really important. They can use your plasma to maybe develop something that would be uh, an immune transplant or a therapy that could be used to help people who have the coronavirus and maybe get through it. So I did that. Uh, I had to be recovered for a full month, got tested again, and the test is really uh, unpleasant, very short but unpleasant. They use a, a cotton swab. They go inside your nose, uh, and it, you think they're actually going to come out through your eye, but they test you. Uh, and then that's how I knew when I first had it. And then afterwards, test you so that to make sure you're completely uh, coronavirus free and then the they they being the the uh, dr mcdyer down at the university of pittsburgh medical center who is the the director on this uh, immune transplant and therapy center uh they they take your blood uh it gets spun i don't know how they do this the plasma is extracted your platelets and the rest of your blood goes right back into your body so you're not losing any blood the only thing you're donating is is your uh is your plasma so and I just think that if you can do that, I mean, you, listen, you're in the military, and again, thank you so much for your service. There are times that we really need to have donors available, whether it's giving blood or, in this case, plasma. Um, so I just thought, you know, for me to go to a center like this, a blood bank, spend an hour and a half in a chair, uh, completely safe, no problem of contracting any other, any type of, of a virus or any type of strain of anything, that's that's all I have to do. And maybe, maybe we come up with a cure. Congressman, well, for one, no appetite and freezing cold all the time sounds like my wife, but that's another matter. Uh, why does it take an yeah. hour and a half to give, give blood? It normally takes me about five seconds. What do, do they do something special? They have to juice you up <laughs> to an IV or something? <laughs> no, no, they, they, they just took you up. Uh, you know, I, I didn't. I guess part of what I did was the... Uh, I lost my appetite. And I lost 30 pounds just uh, uh, during that period of time that I had the real, the serious flu. Um, they just, they, they just take your blood up. They hook you up, but it's, you have to do a questionnaire ahead of time. Uh, they test you to make, they test your blood to see what your iron content is or anything that you're deficient in before they take your blood. So uh, I think that right. it's the actual time in the chair, about 45 minutes to an hour, just getting ready to get into the chair, getting hooked up. Uh, and by the way, and you know, anytime we get a shot or get get any type of a, a of an injection, they say it's only gonna this is gonna just you may feel this may hurt for a little bit. Honest to God, it has been so easy, and the people that do, do this work are so good. Uh, I couldn't be more impressed than Dr. McDyer, uh, what he's doing with with his life and trying to develop these these different therapies and, and uh, immunology. Immunology, I think, is the term for it. Uh, these people are fantastic people. Uh, well, I'm impressed that you go into the belly of the beast all the time, known as the United States House of Representatives, and fight that battle. And I will tell you, these spending levels have shocked me. Now, there's not much that shocks me anymore comes, that comes out of Washington, D.C., but we're talking $4 trillion deficits. We already passed a $2 trillion bill. Nancy Pelosi's bringing up a $3 trillion bill. Please tell me you're fighting back against this one, Congressman. You know what? I, I think the frustrating part of being in the house right now 
is that, you know, we watch athletes on TV, we watch entertainers, we watch people of note, and they say, when it comes to the coronavirus, hey, we're in this together, and we're going to get through this together because we're in it together. And then you find out that the last bill that we voted on last Friday, which I voted against uh, because of the ridiculousness of it, it was, it, was a, it, it was a socialist Christmas tree. They hung everything on that tree they possibly could. Most of it had nothing to do with the coronavirus. But when they say we're, we were, in, we're in all in this, not one, not one minute spent talking with any Republican in the House, not one minute uh, g- giving anybody an opportunity to look at the bill and say, you know what, there's things in here that we just can't digest. We're raising our debt level to a point where, talk about our kids, our, our grandkids. Oh, hell, I think we're up into our great-grandkids and maybe our great-great-grandkids on a debt that's going to cause this country to capsize and we will no longer be able to be the, 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 the best country in the world when it comes to being able to defend freedom and liberty. So that was the bill that was pushed through. Uh, it was done uh, without any consultation. It was done only in the Speaker's office. Did not include any any Republicans. Did not include uh, Secretary Mnuchin, by the way, who on those first packages, those CARES packages, was part of the the team that was determining what was to be spent and how we were going to spend it. I got to tell you, I've never seen money spent the way it's being spent now. Uh, when I first got in the Congress, we were about twenty twenty one trillion in debt, long term debt, and you know as well as I do because you were in business that constant shortage each year, year after year. Uh, those deficits each year, each year keep adding up and adding up. Our long-term debt right now is probably the most dangerous thing when it comes to our national security going forward. We are going to be in a horrible situation. And and when you look at it, you know, I again, because of your background, you just don't throw money at a problem and say, well, we spent a lot of money, should have fixed it. Say, well, did you look at what it was you were spending the money on to see if it had anything to do with fixing it? Because if it didn't, the old... Co- you're in the construction business, right? Measure twice, yes, cut sir, once. Sure you was. just don't do stupid things. Uh, the old story, you know, you can't shoot yourself in the foot and wonder why you're limping. We're doing that consistently. The pushback, though, is, is very is very tough right now. We have some programs that were meant to help people uh, get through this, this coronavirus. Most of that bill last Friday had nothing to do with it. Uh, just a spend, a, a, a liberal, a liberal uh, dream. Uh, just spend, spend, spend. Can you explain why the national debt is so dangerous? I think a lot of people will, they'll hear it. A lot of people have heard it before, but they don't understand what happens when that freight train finally slams into the wall. Well, I I think one of the things we we need to do is we need to reduce it down uh, to what it is that people actually experience in their own lives. Whenever your debt load exceeds your ability to pay it back, Whenever your debt load reaches a point where lenders look at you and say, we'll take a risk on you, but you're going to pay a much higher percentage of interest than, than you may be able to, to withstand. The more we load our debt, the harder it's going to be when we really need to have funding, when we really need to have investors, they're going to walk away from us and leave us in a position where the only payments we'll make, just imagine if you're running your household or your business and the only bill you can pay each month is just the interest on the loans that you have out there. You can never reduce the principal. So that means in my business, I'm an automobile dealer. You're never ever going to own your car or truck. You're never going to own your home. You're never going to own whatever it is that you borrowed money uh, at, the, at the time from a lender, you get to the point where you are so under such a heavy debt burden that you have absolutely cut yourself off from the ability to function in the real world. So uh, no different than any of us uh, looking at what it is we make each year and saying, you know what, I think I'll just spend even more than that that I'm bringing in uh, because the bank will lend me the money. And that's okay until the day the wolf comes to the door and says, you know what, no more money you got to pay up on this or turn over the keys to the house, turn over the keys to the car, turn, lock the business down because now you're out of business. Your debt has exceeded your ability to pay it back. So I, I like to talk to people in real simple terms. You never want to get to that point where you have so much negative. You have no equity at all. Everything's negative. You just you can't function. Well, Lord knows if anybody needs anything broken down into simple terms, it's this guy. So, Congressman Mike Kelly, I appreciate you giving us some time and breaking it down for us tonight. 
Hey, Jesse, thank you. Thanks for what you're doing. You know, we can win this battle, but we have to use our heads. You know, and there was an old saying, uh, you got to play through the whistle. Uh, you, you don't quit. You just keep going and going and going. And I think we have to take it a step further. Play through the echo of the whistle. Never come off. If you're a lineman blocking, you never want to come off that block until you hear the whistle. More importantly, don't come off until you hear the echo of the whistle because you never know if that back needs a little more room to squirm through. So in the business we're in right now, we all got to play it through the whistle. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Thank all you. Right. Thank you, Ken, we're so much for your service. Happy Memorial Day. Yes, sir. All right. We're not quite done yet. Hang on. I'm a little bit disturbed by something I've seen from one of the only two major parties we've had here in the United States of America for quite some time. And I wanted to bring on our next guest and address that first and foremost because he's a former congressman. He's the current dean of business at Liberty University. But for now, congressman, I'm going to ask you to put on your congressman hat and explain to me why exactly Good. Democrats parrot Chinese talking points all the time it's not once or twice here i have i have about eight thousand examples of them yeah. saying the same things the communist party of chinese has been saying and not just during coronavirus before that but especially lately is please yeah. tell me this is just anti-trump at least that'll be some sort of comfort well it, it's anti-trump because president trump's the first president in 30 years that's fought back uh, but it's deeper. You know the answer. The answer is always only one thing in Washington, D.C., and that's follow the money. And so Biden, 10 years ago, we had one of the top 10 Chinese families, uh, Bo and his wife, uh, assistant to uh, head of the CCP, defect to an American embassy. Uh, instead of uh, taking advantage of the best intelligence asset we, we could have dreamed of, uh, guess who lets them go? Joe Biden over calls up the State Department, says no, no, no. And then in her book, uh, just uh, so you can make sure Professor Bratt always tells the truth, Hillary Clinton, in quotes, uh, this would make the Chinese happy. And so uh, to answer your question, why is that? It's not because Hillary and Biden uh, love China. It's because China's been growing at 10%. Uh, U.S. has been growing at 2%. All the money's in China. All the billionaires have been given a head start, right? Fink at BlackRock controls about $7 trillion. So the Chinese aren't stupid. They're very smart. They're methodical. They fight stealthily, right? They don't let you know what they're doing. And they invite the big guys to come on over to finance China. They need our dollars bad. And so we finance uh, several trillion dollars of Chinese business, uh, President Trump put an end to that this week, by the way, the TSP, the Thrift Savings Plan, uh, my retirement plan, all uh, active uh, duty military are invested in this Thrift Savings Plan across the whole U.S. That fund was invested in Chinese firms making weapons aimed at our own military, right? And so uh, why does that happen? It happens because the billionaire class knows how to make money. Uh, and it doesn't matter if national security is involved. And uh, now we're at step two uh, this week, the same group of guys, there's a group out there called the Committee on the Present Danger. And uh, we're going after now, uh, the Chinese uh, firms also don't have to undergo any audits uh, from our SEC. Every American firm has to be audited by the uh, SEC profit statement balance sheet. Chinese firms, Alibaba, for example, is based in the Cayman Islands no balance sheet. Uh, you might think you're invested in them, think you're safe because they're a huge firm worth trillions and you would be dead wrong. A highly risky venture. If the Chinese pull out, you got zero and you don't own any assets. You don't got a legal claim. You got nothing. So long answer. Sorry, I ran on, but the answer is always money. No, no. Look, this is why we bring you on because you're so great at this stuff. Ex explain to me, and then this, look, I understand this is a really dumb question, but as often as you come on my show, you should frankly be prepared for those stupid questions at this point in time. Why is there <laughs> only, it, why is there only America, 
and China. Now, obviously, America is the one I actually care about, but why is China the only alternative? I guess I, uh, in my mind, I don't understand that. There are tons of nations in the world. I mean, India's big. There are other major yeah. countries with people, with natural resources. Why has China been able to suck in all this air around them and no one else has stood up and said, hey, we can be a reasonable alternative yeah. to China, give you some cheaper goods without blatantly screwing every one of you? Yeah, well, no, that's right on the money. The intuition's right now. That's happening a little bit now. We're finding out how our true friends are. Uh, India, under Modi now, uh, is realigning with us. Australia is. Obviously, Taiwan, the Philippines, some of those countries are, are taking a harder look at us. Uh, but the answer is, uh, you know, India has great growth, uh, too, but, but not like China. China's been leapfrogging everybody. Uh, they have hundreds of thousands of engineers, uh, you know, computer software engineers. Uh, their business model is to steal our ideas, reverse engineer it. They got a six-month lag, right? They they miss six months of the business, uh, but they don't have to pay any of the upfront costs. So they're geniuses, right? They're like, the U.S. is stupid enough to patent all this stuff. Patent law doesn't affect us. We just copy it, make it cheaper. Let the U.S. lead the innovation, pay for the MITs, the Harvards, the Stanfords, Silicon Valley. You pay for it all. And so that was the game. But now that game is over. And uh, it, folks, uh, you may want to follow this, this. Steve Bannon has a great show. It's uh, nonpartisan right now on this pandemic. It's called War Room uh, Pandemic. But they, they reported some good news uh, a day ago. Uh, the first pharmaceutical firm uh, is coming back. The supply chain from China located in Richmond, Virginia, started up producing pharmaceuticals. Uh, that's step one, many more coming our, our way. And so finally, we're getting our heads on straight. When it comes to manufacturing, I mean, there are a lot of reasons for manufacturing vacating this country. China has slave labor, which cuts your costs down. China doesn't have these stupid, idiotic environmental laws like we have. China, there are a lot of advantages we've given China. But when it comes to the labor thing, I struggle with this one, Congressman, yep. and I struggle with it because, I mean, look, I grew up blue collar. I'm certainly not a big union guy by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I freaking hate them, but we don't want slaves here. Uh, we thankfully stopped that practice here in the United States of America. How, what is that solution? Because every business owner, I mean, you're the dean of business, he looks at that profit loss sheet and that labor mark is a gigantic black mark on everybody's labor sheet. When China can drop theirs to zero or near zero and we can't, how do we ever compete? Yeah, well, the father of free market economics uh, knew the answer. And unfortunately, the business schools, Harvard Business School, isn't teaching any of this anymore. If you're just looking at the financials, you're lost, right? So Adam Smith, uh, the Brits, geopolitics always trumps uh, narrow economics. And so in the first place, you need to have uh, some moral foundation, right? We've, we've had the Judeo-Christian tradition here. Harvard was founded. Uh, their statement in 1640 was truth for God and church, right? I don't think it's the same anymore, but that's a side point. So uh, then you got the rule of law and institutions, right? The Constitution uh, and then the separation of powers, the Constitution. All of that lays the groundwork so that you can have free markets. And so if you forget about the foundations that were laid in the first place that allowed free markets uh, it's a terrible uh, intellectual error. It's a historical error. It's all there to see very clearly. And so we forgot that. We just went for that narrow rate of return. Uh, we make we can make two more pennies on the masks, on the PPE, if we make them in China instead of in Texas, which had the only supplier left in the country. And uh, we lost our marbles for a while. And, and we lost our sense of commitment. Uh, the Puritans get knocked around, uh, but even the Chinese people, right? Uh, the, the upsets with the CCP, the Chinese people are still Confucius Buddhists and they have a sense of shame because uh, they're decent people. If, if someone does something awful, they, they, they feel a sense of guilt and uh, we've lost it. Our, our billionaire class just makes uh, gains off the back. They're put on the front page, exposed to the world and they thumb their nose at it and say, I'm awesome. I'm a titan of industry, right? I'm a superstar.
we, we don't hear much about them, I'm sure, for a lot of reasons. One is that China controls all the media coming out of their country. So even if they're there, we don't necessarily yeah. hear about it. But is there a sense that there is a large group of people, a large portion of China that really, really wants out from underneath this communist regime and simply can't get out from under it? I mean, that's the case with every other communist regime we've ever had. There's a big group of people that say, someone save us, only we never hear about China's. Are they there? Are they not there? Are they happy with this whole thing? Right. Yeah, well, you, you would think the uh, human rights groups on the left would be trumpeting uh, what you just said and for some reason they're buried because all their funders don't want that out right now but the answer is yeah there's an underground catholic church of a million people there's an underground evangelical church of a million people uh the muslim uyghurs out uh, the turkic turkish turkic chinese on the west of china they got two million of those uh, muslims in re-education camps concentration camps uh, going from god to no god and uh, on and on and on, right? The Tibetans, the uh, they're doing uh, live organ harvesting has been widely reported. Who are do, who are they doing the live uh, organ harvesting on? Uh, political heroes who have a soul and who have complained on behalf of their people and fought and stuck up for their people to have a free voice and a and a press. And their punishment is uh, bye bye organs. Good grief. Is that yeah. their main grind with the Muslim Uyghurs is the Muslim thing, or is there some other grind they claim with the, with these people? Well, it, you know, in a way it probably is. I shouldn't have shook my head quick. Uh, their problem with anyone is any mixed allegiance uh, to the Chinese CCP. And so Islam uh, is singularly focused on Allah, right? I mean, it, it is top down. Uh, the revelation comes straight uh, to Muhammad and the Quran is it. And uh, that doesn't go over good with the Chinese CCP. And so, yeah, that is a problem. They have an independent uh, mind uh, and it's a key buffer, right? It, it's amazing the Chinese really don't even care that much they just they want a buffer zone you know between them and in europe and so the uyghurs serve as that buffer it seems like you would just leave them alone but they they're not even good enough for that former congressman current dean of business at liberty university dave brett thank you again sir hey jesse you're great man thanks thanks much appreciate it well he's certainly right about that and a lot of other stuff all right we'll be back former counterterrorism operative. Gosh, that just sounds awesome to say. I should have been an operative. And current host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist. Drew Berquist. Drew, I want you to be honest with me about something. I understand you're a happily married man and all that stuff now. Please tell me at one point in time you picked up girls using counterterrorism operative in the bar somewhere. <laughs> You know, it, it is it is actually a really good um, tool to have in your pocket. I'll just say that. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. All right, speaking of tools in your pocket, well, speaking of tools in general, Joe Biden, he has a bit of video out there today. And no, I'm not talking about the video of him saying you're not black if you're not with Joe Biden. That's just Joe Biden being an idiot. I'm talking about the video of Joe <laughs> Biden saying, hey, this thing is a great opportunity for us to make some big adjustments in this country. They don't even hide it anymore, Drew, how naked they think this this pandemic is going to help them, man. They just think it's it's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and look at it. I mean, all of the data, I mean, you've got stuff like like Joe and, and Joe can't be held accountable for what he's saying. He doesn't even know where he is. But you've, you've got all of the folks in the mainstream media sticking to this 
agenda, despite the fact that more and more data comes out. You know, we're, I'm here in Florida and, and things are going well. Georgia, things are going well. You know, as economies reopen, all the data, for the most part, I'm sure there's some outlying information that, that could be used against us, but for the most part, it's shoved right back in their face. And it's proving that we just collectively, as a country, and, and we're, as people, you know, culpable and guilty in this thing too, I guess, but like, we went too far. We went too far, and and they're eating it up. They love it every time that they can they can keep this thing, or longer rather, that they can keep this thing closed, uh, and, and keep seeming like, hey, we're the ones helping you give stimulus packs. Don't go back to work. Uh, you know, th that's that's kind of their thing. Like, we'll make this great. You never have to go back to work again. The government will just take care of it. Speaking of the government just taking care of it, it's become pretty obvious, Drew, that this thing has become every single leftist absolute dream out here. We've got the churches shut down. We have everybody living on unemployment checks from the government getting home. You know, you're not doing anything but getting fat and lazy and watching Netflix. Got a government check in the mail. And Democrats are openly loving this, but I say... It's a great political move by them. It's, it's, don't get me wrong, it's horrific, but it's a great political move because screwing this economy, Trump is going to pay the price in November. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, I mean, I think it, that's certainly going to be a huge pillar for them going into November, absolutely, no doubt. I think, um, and you're right also, I mean, look, I, it's hard to judge them. Uh, I love doing it because they're just not smart, but... But in this case, I mean, if you've got it, hey, use it. Like, this is there. You can keep the, the, the economy, you know, sheltered. You can keep the country sheltered. And even if it's if it's some states, it's some of the bigger states, it's the Californias, the New Yorks, you know, there's a ripple effect that happens. You know, not everyone is going to, you know, do what Florida, Georgia, Texas, some of these other places are doing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge opportunity for them. It's a shame that they're they're taking that level and stooping to it, but they always do. So, you know, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Where do you stand on mask, no mask? Are you a mask is never going to touch my face? Do you have a mask on 24 hours a day even when you sleep, hiding in your bubble? Where do you stand on this whole thing? I'm a no mask guy. You know, I walk into the stores and I live in a resort community. Um, not not to make it sound fancy, but what I was trying to say by it is, is there's a lot of elderly <laughs> folks around. There's a lot of them wearing them. Look, I don't have a problem if you're wearing it. I'm just not going to do it. Like... You know, the stores that mandate, you've got to wear this to come in here. Like, shut up. Like, no, I'm going to come in anyways. Because um, that's just silly. And there's been some a lot of information out there that, that is contrary to the original information. Shocker. Uh, kind of has been the story for this thing the whole time through. That that kind of contradicts the, the value in even wearing it. So I'm not, you know, I don't really, like, if, if someone else does, great. But I, I, I do love, and you've probably seen the memes out there, I love seeing people drive by themselves in their car with a mask <laughs> on. Like... I'm not sure what's going on yes. there. <laughs> yes, I've seen it all the time. And you know what's crazy, Drew? It still gets me to double take. I'm always looking at them. What? The, geez. Like, I, I can't I can't imagine what goes through your mind. Are we, are we just as human beings? Not all of us, obviously. But are we just some of us really sheep? I mean, that's, that's all. You, you're, well, a mask keeps me safe and people just put it on. I'm convinced people wear it when they sleep. Yeah, no, we are. It's it, And what happened to the days like where the weird guy was the one, which we all do, let's be honest, picking his nose or doing something random like that. Now you look over and you see them wearing like, like full PPE as they drive by themselves <laughs> to, to Costco. It's like, what is happening here? Um, but no, it's, yeah, some people just, they, they go to it. And Mark, but this, this is going to be interesting. I talked about this this week. You know, with, with sports coming back this year, what I do wish that you and I had gotten into before this all happened was creating like sports masks and face coverings because those people are going to kill it if they if the stadiums come out and say you got to have a mask or some sort of face covering which i don't know how that works when you're trying to drink beer but the the fact of the matter remains you're going to have all of these opportunities out there to have a minnesota vikings or michigan wolverines um you know face mask none of the other teams matter so that's that's something that we should have gotten into tell me about your governor now before, let me let me explain I, I've seen, like everybody else, these great press conferences he's been giving. He, he sounds like he's saying all the right things from afar. I'm not in Florida. He looks like since he's been elected, he hasn't run to the middle like everyone else. He's been down the line. And I'm impressed. And whenever I start to get impressed with the politician, it automatically makes me nervous because I assume that guy really actually sucks. And I'm just not going to find out about it until later on. Tell me about Ron DeSantis. 
Yeah, you know, so he's from the area that I'm from. When when he was going up against Gillum, um, you know, the meth, <laughs> Mr. Meth guy, um, you know, it, I was a little concerned because he seemed a little sleepy. He seemed sharp and 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 really polished in a, in a couple areas. But kind of like you said, sometimes that comes off as like, uh, that might not be a good thing. You might seem like too much of a polished guy, too too kind of established. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's because we're so used to, you know, four years under President Trump now, things are kind of shifting. But he, he really has. He's been a fireball. He's, he's come out like this week, the stuff that has, you know, just the way that he has handled the press, the way that he's handled this whole thing. You know, there's some criticism when it all first started that he didn't close the beaches down soon enough. Um, you know, I, admittedly i was kind of like well maybe you should have done that for spring break because kids are just not as smart as they should be and they're going to 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 make mistakes but when you look back at it hindsight the way that he has handled this from even then up until now he's been on kind of the front edge he's 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 been at the the pointy edge edge of the spear on this particular uh situation and i think he's done a really good job so i you know i'm sure everyone's got skeletons in their closet i'm sure something will come out at some point about ron DeSantis not being who we think he is uh but but to date we haven't seen that i think he's done a heck of a job okay all right drew who's your pick for 2024 assuming trump gets reelected, or or i mean look even if we lose 2024 who's the drew burke with the you know person you're like i've got my eye on that person i like him a lot I mean, I was going to say you. Um, well, I because mean, I think we need that's what I, I would expect to you to say back to DC. But <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. I think it's. I I don't think Pence is our guy. I think Pence is a really you know good guy. I think that he's kind of that calming force that you want. Some people have said him. I think Nikki Haley's interesting. Um, you know, and you can criticize her on certain things, but the fact remains that. You know, we are getting closer and closer to the point where, you know, identity politics and, and gender politics are going to matter and, and really sh- shift things. So, you know, if we can get ahead of that and have someone who is a strong candidate um, that does check one of those boxes, I think that would be good. But, you know, I think it's hard to tell. It's, it's, it's hard to tell. I, I hope, though, I'll say this. I hope that the Democrats continue to push some of the people that they seem to love somehow, like Whitmer, who's a total disaster. Stacey Abrams, uh, I'm not going to say anything about because I'm just not going to go there. You know, some of these people that it's like, wow, you guys seem to really like them. Gillum was one of them. Even when Gillum lost, they talked about he could be a great candidate for 2024. Well, now we've seen what he's done, uh, and he lost the election anyways. So I'm hoping that they continue to push those types of people for us. Um, I think it is going to go back to more of an establishment pick. It's just a matter of how far establishment and whether it's, you know, uh, we want to go down that path of taking a female, taking minority, uh, or or what have you. Well, I certainly don't think there's any need to go down the female path. But, I mean, other than that, I guess she's an okay candidate. Drew, one final question before this, you know, before we continue with this Memorial Day weekend. Is there anything you would like to clarify for people about Memorial Day? I've tried to put it very, very frank in my own way that that is a day specifically for the people we have lost. That is not a day about you. It's not a day about me. It's just about them. But I really feel like people need to hear it from more than just me. Yeah, no, we, we do. You know, it's 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 always a point of confusion for America. Uh, and and I do, I'll say this, I appreciate the, the fact that people do generally celebrate this day and Veterans Day um, to, a, to a great deal. They, they, they go out uh, or they go all out rather. But, but you know, yeah, this, this is about the fallen. This is about the people who have made the ultimate sacrifice. You know, I, I know far too many, over 10, you know, friends and, and colleagues who have done it. I'm sure you do too. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, but I think that that is the, the big distinction here is this is, this is people who, who have paid that ultimate sacrifice, not just people who serve. We should always be grateful for everyone who serves or, or who has served, but that's what, that's what Veterans Day is about. That's what other, other days throughout the year are about. This day is about those families who are suffering uh, because of their loved ones. And I love the memes. You know, I, we all see them every year, but I love the memes that talk about, you know, it's not about a barbecue. It's not about this, that, and the other. And they have families grieving because it is. It's a, it's a big deal. Drew Berquist, nobody does it better. I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for having me. All right. That's our special. I have a pretty good feeling we'll have more material showing Democrat malfeasance in the future. See you.
you don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 